Hello and welcome back to episode 10, would you believe it, of It's Been a Week and we've both been out this week, which is unusual for me, not unusual for you. (laughs) Another week of being reminded about how old I Mm. am. I went out on Mm. Friday night, had a few cocktails and basically have still got a hangover. (laughs) Something else I have is FOMO. Yes, I think I was probably the mm. only person who didn't go to Harry Styles. Tell me all about Can it, Can I Jack. just say it was like the best night of my life. There were people <laughs> from like 10 to 80 years old there. And you know what? You know how Harry Styles used to date Olivia Wilde? She was 38, so I feel like all the women I was with, we were all just looking at him going, hmm, might be in with a chance here. Yeah, you did say that he was Yes, a- he likes an older woman. Um, mm. So it was the best night because the feeling was so good. Like I took my daughter to her first concert. There were feather bowers. You could kind of track where people had been because yeah. it was like everyone was shedding these little <laughs> feathers, all these rainbow feathers all the way up to Marvel Stadium. But it was so nice to feel like Melbourne was back. And when he came out onto, onto the stage, the whole stadium was just like you could see the floor moving with yeah. everyone jumping and his voice is as good as it is on his albums and he's just so positive and the whole attitude was this huge feeling of love, which yeah. was really weird. I hadn't been to a concert for literally 20 years and if he played again, I would go and see him again. It can sometimes be quite rare as well that you've listened to something so many times on yes. the radio or, you know, on your, with your like, mm. and then you hear them in real life and you think, oh, this doesn't sound the same, but he did. He did. Sam, you've got a man crush on him, don't you? I do. I love a bit of Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah. I wish I went. I saw like my Instagram feed yes. was just bottlenecked with so many different people oh. going to Harry Styles. So FOMO did yeah. kick in at times. Yes. Yeah. And then after the concert, he or actually before, he played golf at Royal Melbourne with a couple of old guys down there, which was really that, cool. That surprised Imagine me. Imagine if you were like teeing off and you're like, Harry Styles. Do you think those golf men would know who he is? Oh, they knew. They they would. Yeah. He had a photo with a couple of footy players. That was pretty cool. And he also went to a cafe, among other places, in Collingwood. And I just thought if there's anywhere more Melbourne to go for Harry Styles, it would be go to a cafe on Smith Street in Collingwood. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I love him. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to talk about lots of news today. We're going to have a look at Jetstar and the serious problems that they have in Mm. managing to provide a service that people have paid for. Um, The Grand Prix has ditched their traditional ladies' day and you're going to take a look at vaping, Alicia. Yes, an imminent overhaul apparently. Mm. Pocket money for the little darlings. Yes, and the restaurant who turned down a very famous actor in Melbourne uh, and we've both watched the infamous South Park episodes with your besties, Harry and Meghan. Yes, and de-influencing. The trend of recommending people do not buy things. This is an interesting one. Well, on that, it's actually influencing. It's just telling other people what not to buy. (laughs) So it's essentially the same thing. But anyway, let's get on to the big story of the week, which is Jetstar. Two issues with two separate flights. The first one landed in Alice Springs. There was a medical emergency and someone had to be taken off the plane and no one, of course, begrudges that. But it's how you handle Mm. that afterwards. Families, 12-hour delay, eight of that on the tarmac. They were coming from Thailand to Alice Springs. The issue is that you can't land at a non-international airport in Australia without going through quarantine, of which there wasn't in Alice Springs. But, Alicia, you and I were talking about this. Imagine being stuck in a plane for eight hours with your children with minimal food, it's stinking hot, and you can't leave. I would have been the lady that got arrested. (laughs) It was a lady that got arrested. I would have (laughs) raged. I just think, I mean, those conditions, also Mm. the fact the humidity there, the heat, 
But they I were think, told to turn the um, entertainment yeah. systems off because it was using too much power. Energy. Yeah, I think Jetstar, the PR for this has been shocking. Yep. It has very much been after the fact. Yep. Social media is media. So I think the delay in Jetstar, you know, we're urgently looking into this mm. or... Using you know, the right words. Yeah, well, but they need to be quicker and faster. Mm. Gone are the days where you can take three two to three days to prepare a statement and go into a room for four or five hours with the team and work out how we're going to tackle Mm. this and what we're going to say. It just doesn't work like that anymore. People Mm. are on social media, they're on Instagram, they're ringing radio stations. They need to respond and they need to respond quickly and they didn't. Do they also need to be clearer in their apology? Yes, maybe this was somewhat out of their control because you're subject to customs restrictions. But the interesting thing I thought about this one was within 20 minutes of these guys going public on social media on the plane, mm. they were allowed off the plane. So if yeah. they were allowed to do it within 20 minutes of it becoming, it pu- becoming public, why weren't they allowed to do it eight hours before? Yeah. Um, also, just let them off for a walk. Yeah, It's well, the Alice Springs. Yeah. It's not like you're at... Melbourne Airport. They just needed to be on the front foot as well. Yep. As soon as they knew they had a plane full of people trapped on a tarmac, they should have released a statement mm-hmm. and said that. This is what's happened. Mm-hmm. It's beyond our control. We are waiting for a part. Yes, they are in an aircraft on the tarmac, but we are doing everything we can to try and get them off. Instead, it was a social media explosion, which then turned into a traditional media explosion, mm-hmm. which now they just look terrible. And then a couple of days later, we've got this flight in Ho Chi Minh again. again with, they put the passengers on the plane twice, took them off twice, and then left a whole bunch of families who were holidaying. And again, you've, I think when everyone's business and things, you get caught up and it's really unfortunate. But when you've got very young children yeah. trapped in planes or in airports in the middle of the night, it is very difficult yeah, it's um, a to manage that. It's and a challenge anyway, traveling yes. with children. But this one, again, it was they told the media before they told the people mm. that was there. They put out a statement 30 minutes before they told the people who were actually on the plane. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with them telling the media. That's what I was saying. I actually think it's good that they're on the front mm. foot, but they should be telling the media at the same time, time as they're telling the passengers. Mm. Everyone's on the same page. People, there are not a hundred questions about what's happening, how long mm. we'll be waiting, what will we be doing, how will we be fed. You know, people need communication in a time of crisis. And then to double down on that, to be told, we've got you a hotel because your plane isn't actually going to take yeah. off now after, even though it's 4.30 in the morning, you've been waiting all day. But let's whack you in this hotel in Ho Chi Minh City mm. and, oh, can you share a room with oh, a stranger? No, that's too <laughs> much. I don't understand that. I mean, I don't even like to share rooms with girlfriends when I go well, you away. you actually don't like, like to share it with your husband. Do you no. like all that, but that is that is taking it way too far, and that that is unacceptable. Yeah, and it puts people in a really compromising, unsafe, potentially position. And even if Jetstar do come out and say, you know, it, we don't own the hotel, so that wasn't us. The hotel is still a sub subcontractor to Jetstar because people are paid for a Jetstar ticket, so it's not on. You're flying Jetstar soon. I'm flying to Byron Bay, Jetstar. I'm very, very <laughs> nervous. Was there a time I, where you booked like multiple flights or I something? I hope they're not listening. <laughs> oh, let's I'm see nervous. if they are or not. Would you fly Jetstar? Uh, yeah, I would. Mm. I have. I, fl- I think I flew to Bali they last year. They used to be good Jetstar. actually. And yeah. I was, oh, we had no issue. I had no see, issue there are in the some past. places yeah. like Bali and Byron Bay where really the only flights are Jetstar. Yeah. So you have to sort of cop it and say a prayer before you hop on. <laughs> Which I is what I'll be doing. A, if it's a half an hour delay, I'm not too bad. Anything past that, 
You get, get a bit yeah, antsy. Oh, I, antsy. I get really antsy too. Yeah. What a I, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> More just with the lack of messaging if they're not telling you. And that's what your point is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just let us know. Now, speaking of communication, um, the Grand Prix is ditching its traditional ladies' mm. day. I love this day, uh, but I don't mind this. I've been to this event mm. multiple times. It is a great event, but... I actually don't mind this at all. I think we've moved on now from this idea of ladies' days Mm. at major events because essentially if you look at the AFL, for example, 50% of AFL supporters are women. Mm. So we don't need our own day. Every day is a ladies' day. So, And it's actually to the point now it's so popular, the Grand Prix, and women I am as interested in the cars and what they do are as you? the next bloke. I love it. Oh, I'm not. Drive to Survive. No. The new, are you watching the new series? No. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, not it's yet. so good. I find this whole thing a little odd. Do to you? Be honest. Well, well, you're I a marketing think, expert. I mean, I know you're comparing AFL to F1, but to me they're very different, I think. I mean, I have, like, you know, I have an AFL team. Mm. I have, you know, I'm interested. We in don't the... hear you talking about that AFL team. No, we don't. <laughs> but I, I do have one and, you know, yes. I have children. Like I have boys yes. who, you know, are, yes. are fans and yes. that sort of thing. But when it comes to F1 cars, I mean, honestly, Jake, you're like the first woman who I've ever heard has said I'm really into the, oh. the Formula One cars. And for people like me, that ladies' day would draw me in. But every day now at the Grand Prix is Ladies' Day because if you no, go, okay, I went to three days. I went to the Thursday, I went to the Saturday and I went to the Sunday last year, right? Mm-hmm. And it is so good because on the Sunday it's like the races. Like you've got a great seat there. You can see the track. You can see the cars. It's the noise of the cars. It's also the sort of saga behind the teams, like the team principles. Mm-hmm. If you're not watching Drive to Survive, you're probably not a super fan, so you're probably not as interested. But they go through all the cars and like this series of Drive to Survive, it's about the Mercedes car that isn't performing the way it should. Yeah. The team principal, Toto Wolf, is like become this kind of amazing character in this series. So I think as a female, there's no reason why you wouldn't be as interested in the circus that oh. is Formula One, um, not just Well, I haven't the, the watched, day. but I can tell you I'm not interested but in But do you F1 think cars. women want a ladies' day? Because I, well, I, I, I think it's great. Mm. Like I said, I think it's it's adding an extra sort of layer of glamour mm. to mm. the sport, which it is quite glamorous Oh, it's in a so way. glamorous. Yeah, of yes. course it is. But I just think what's the harm in keeping it and drawing more people in via that sort of association than just cutting it out and saying we're not doing a ladies' day? Like what is wrong but with But I think on day? the Thursday they'd want men to come too because tickets are so at a premium. You can't mm. – there are no men at that ladies' day, obviously. It's a ladies' mm. lunch, right? But it's right? like Oaks Day. It's mm. the same but thing. But men still go – Oaks yeah, Day, otherwise known as Blokes Day. Men can still come to the ladies' day. No, but they can't. because the, they banned. Well, was in the functions, they only invite women. Okay. Well, so, they, should, they should tinker it because yeah. I still think it, there's there a place for it. There are now more blokes at Oaks than there are yeah, women, be. correct? Yeah. yeah well, be. they're smart because they know where the <laughs> Look at him. He's, this is hey, not I've his never, first. I've never you know been what? to Oaks Day. <laughs> this is I've not been. your first rodeo, is yeah. it? Yeah. Never, I've never been to Oaks Day. I can promise that one. It's interesting. Do you think from a marketing point of view it poses a problem to have a Ladies' Day I don't think it nowadays? poses a problem. I just think it's a missed opportunity. Hmm. Why wouldn't you, you know, keep engaging with people who are not necessarily interested in going to a racetrack and watching the cars zoom around because I certainly am not. Oh, once again, we have to agree yeah. to disagree because I not love my thing. it. Not I, my people. Oh, these are my – if you went – Rev heads are your people. Is this what you're saying to me? <laughs> what, what about red heads? Rev heads. Oh, rev heads. I'm like, what red heads? Um, no, rev heads, yes, because it's – Oh, wow. If you go to the paddock and you, you can see like – The paddock? I don't even know. It's a bit the, behind the, okay. the grandstand where the, where the cars are. And it's pit lane. It's 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 mm. fabulous. Look, would I go to the V8s? 
That's a hard no. Okay. But the Grand Prix, I love. I think it's probably because of that drive to survive. Surely, Jackie, but it's I went, the drama of it. I've actually been going for a long, long time, mm. although I will confess I've always had wonderful tickets and they've been corporate tickets. But yes. we used to go actually back in the day when I was a political reporter, this would never happen now, but they used to give the journos tickets to the government suite. Oh. So when you were 25, you'd get these tickets. And I remember one year we were with the wall where they presented the winner with the trophy and they're spraying the champagne and we were like right there, you got a pit lane walk. It was then from that moment, which would have been maybe 15 years ago, Mm. I've been totally, totally into it. I feel like you're an exception because I don't feel like many females. See, all my friends are asking me for tickets this year. Did they? Were they political reporters? (laughs) No, they're just women that want to go. Why did they give you tickets? It was just some raw thing that used to be back in the day. (laughs) and Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you write about, if you get free tickets, you might not give negative publicity to the Grand Prix. It's called cash for comment. But I would say (laughs) that every journo in town went, probably except those from the ABC who weren't allowed to. (laughs) Um, Let's pivot to another story now. So as many of us know, vaping has become a huge problem Mm. in Australia over the past few years, especially for Mm. teenagers. I think you speak to any parent of a teenager and it is a a real problem. Did you ever smoke, Jack? Never in my Mm. life. I've hated it. And I recently had a close family member die of a smoking-related cancer and I said to my daughter when she passed away, I don't care what you do. Get all the tattoos you want, do all the things, mm. travel, do whatever you want, but please don't smoke because I just look at the impact that it's had on people and how with vaping they particularly target the younger generation. Mm. Well, this is the problem. So it's been reported that there's a complete overhaul of the industry. Mm. It's imminent by the TGA. At the moment there are two sets of rules when it comes to vaping. So the importation and also yep. the safety standards, the targeting of children, as you said, Our children are too young, obviously, Mm. for it yet, thank goodness. But it is a huge worry that if they don't get it under control because you actually don't know what's in them. Correct. The Cancer Cancer Council is calling for a full Mm. ban on all non-prescription vaping products and that that would be huge Mm. in Australia. He says, Todd Harper from the Cancer Council says, there's a huge crisis with vaping here. We have no idea what's in them. So are they just replacing the cigarette? Mm. This is the thing. We, we talk about how terrible smoking was and still is for the mm. sort of minority that still do it, but it's just a different device with chemicals in it. It's the same thing. And there's also a school of thought that some of the chemicals they put in there to replace the tobacco are just as bad or worse than the tobacco that people were smoking back in the day. And New Zealand um, is a really good example here of getting on I always think New Zealand, I don't know they if it's do. Jacinda or what, no, but they're always them. more progressive and advanced they, they than are. us, aren't they? They but do it better. they've banned the sale of cigarettes to people born on or after January so 1, good. 2019. We should be doing that I now. Agree. I agree. Sam, vaping, is it around you? It probably would be oh, quite yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, no, so 28. So there's a lot of people, especially social social situations, yeah. a lot of people do vape over smoking. Um, do you smoke? No. Do you vape? vape? No, don't vape. Oh, no. good. Do you no. feel like it's a real turn-off? Because I look at it and think that's gross. No, I think people have a right to make the decision that they're after, especially at that mm. age. Like they're mm. old enough to know. Well, see, otherwise. New Zealand's banned it. Right. 
Yeah. All together. Well, they're always two hours ahead of us, aren't they? They yeah. are. Literally yeah. and figuratively. So it'll be interesting to see what mm. happens. But I think it is, yeah, it's a problem a problem that is not going away and it will grow to be just as bad as smoking if something is not done now. I need to move to New Zealand. I've long said it. Um, keeping with the theme of children, you found a cool article about pocket money this oh, week. Oh, yes. This was interesting. <laughs> so the fact that so many families are obviously mm. tightening their budgets, 11% of parents have docked their children's pocket money. Apparently the average allowance is $8 a week now compared to $10 a week a year ago. If you have three kids, that's like $120 a month. It's a lot. It is. I don't give my kids pocket money, one, because one's five. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one would, I would like her to do some chores yeah. and understand the value of money. But I do put money away a little bit each week in an account in the hope that one day there'll be enough in there for her to help purchase a car when she's 18 so she doesn't have access to it. So does she do chores for free? She doesn't do chores. And oh, this is I this whole argument in my house. Like oh. she goes, I don't have any money. And I ah. say, when you start doing chores, you'll get some money. Because oh, we do, I've, with my almost nine-year-old, mm. there's, you know, unloading a dishwasher. Oh, and, the dream. I mean, I mean he says mm. to me, mm. I don't understand how I'm doing this when dad doesn't. <laughs> so that's always a bit of an awkward conversation. <laughs> but I feel like with my children, we've got like teeth falling out left, right and centre yes. because we've got an eight-year-old. How much do you give for teeth? Oh, gosh. So I came up with a rule, front teeth. Five. So $10 per 10? Well, there's only We're four five. front teeth. Wow. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, and then, I mean, all the other ones. But <laughs> I say that and I, I don't know whether you've seen, but on my Instagram, my poor children like tooth fairy didn't come last yes. night. I keep forgetting yeah. these poor kids are like... I have no kids who are in the car listening is, as to oh, why you might have forgotten. Well, that's because the tooth fairy was very busy at someone else's house. Mm, mm. They take a long time. Yeah, they take a long time. To arrive. I am... Um, I have been in the same boat before where we took the kids away down the beach and failed to tell the tooth fairy that they would be in a different spot. Um, But she did turn up and we give um, $5 for the front teeth. But all, because I did 10. No, and then I think it's like three at the back. I did like, yeah, no, I just do $2. I think I used to get 80 cents or something, 50 cents. Yeah, just (laughs) pop it in there. And do you take, this is another question, I've actually never asked anyone this, but do you take the tooth and what do you do with it? Well, the tooth fairy takes it. The tooth fairy takes it. And what does the tooth fairy do with it? Because I've got a whole bag of <laughs> teeth. I really hope no children cut this conversation. From the tooth fairy. We're going to have to cut this conversation. Um, yes, I. Uh, the tooth fairy at my house takes the teeth away and they're never seen again. Never seen again. Mm. Interesting. Because, you know, you can make dolls with your is this like cooking your placenta after teeth. I've seen it on Instagram yeah. where you are, Jack. This is sick. Um, let's look at something else that's a bit sick and it's your it fascination is. with Meghan and Harry. <laughs> My fascination. <laughs> we watched the oh, South Park episode and I sat down going, oh, how am I going to talk to Alicia about oh, this yeah, story? Because you laughed and you knew it was true. No, I laughed yeah. because there were some funny moments yeah, in it. True. But what I would say is once again, Megan is to blame oh, the ending, God, the way she is projected. It is always the woman's no, fault. That's um, not. It's it's his book. And in the end of this cartoon, mm. she's the one who's being presented as the nasty person when actually he's the one that um, wrote the book. But I did like how the creators of South Park called his book. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Great very funny. PR for and South Park. I haven't watched South Park yeah. for probably 15 so good. years. And I did enjoy so um, the fact that I was watching it and I'd forgotten how funny it really was. But yeah. what it also struck me is 
this couple are the ultimate clickbait. Like whatever yes. you write about them, whatever you talk about yeah. them, people want to want to get involved yeah. in that, which again goes back to my point of this fundamental problem where we always blame the woman. Yeah, I don't agree. What a surprise. Um, great PR for South Park. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I know you laughed because you thought it was all true. No, and I've said it before and I'll say it, say it again. There are a bundle of contradictions and I think that's what they captured best in that episode. Sam? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Oh, but Sam, it was, you could have done some homework yeah, for us. It was on. in the no, rundown. I know what it's about though. And it just oh, seems, you know what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it a world tour about privacy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's you, quite funny. It's, and yeah. they sing the whole time, we want yeah. privacy. It's, it's basically their life. You yeah. know, they want privacy but they're on Netflix yeah, it's and the book. Yeah, good old-fashioned satirical fun. And I forgot yeah. how funny the cartoon characters of South Park oh. are. Like, oh, it's so good. The fact they've dressed her in a little outfit from the cor- uh, the trooping of the colour <laughs> or that they've used these and their voices. <laughs> they are genius. And will fun. they sue? I don't think they will. No, no I don't think they will either. Um do you know, I also read, though, that Harry oh, might mm, like an apology the best. if he's to attend the yeah. coronation. Um what do you think about that? I mean, I, I think it's, again, laughable. He thinks that he deserves an apology after he's written an entire book about his family. Mm, well, you know the coronation and how it was like, oh, everyone needs a ticket. My favourite mm. thing about it so far is all these megastars that are like, yeah, no, I'm busy. Yeah, Like Ed Sheeran, um, mm. who else? Adele. There's been a whole bunch of top-tier British acts that have said, you know what? Soz. Because it's too much of a circus because yeah. they're, they're fighting and they're, someone and wants think, an apology and someone's going to write another book and it's just like, guys, come on, like grow up. And I think they asked Elton John, which I thought was a bit tacky given oh, that he performed the, a Princess yeah, Dies funeral. Like, wow. please, no. Yeah, um, I, that's actually, it's interesting as to what is going to happen with, with the whole royal yes. family now that that, is, that sort of mm-hmm. feeling is starting to Which to is generate. what he wanted all along. Yeah. Well, he yes. did, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I want to switch back to Melbourne now and this really interesting story. Yes. Um, we've been talking, we, we love to cover a bit of celebrity news here. Russell Crowe and a Melbourne restaurant called Mr Miyagi, he turned up there um, wearing that was not the alleged appropriate dress code. But what he actually was wearing was a Ralph Lauren polo, which one, is not cheap. Two, he just played tennis. Mm. And three, that's essentially a shirt with a collar. Mm. So I do feel, but my favourite part about this whole story, it's gone right around the world. It's in the New York Post. If you Google it, there are literally hundreds of articles about it, is that the person on the door didn't recognise yeah. Russell Crowe, could you yeah. imagine? Yeah. So I, this story is really interesting, especially from a PR, from point, a PR of, yeah. point of view, because I think what they did at the start was great. So they said no matter who you are, where you come from, you need to c- comply with our dress code basically, mm. and he didn't. So you're off. You're, you're not coming in because not you don't. Not even the gladiator. You do, well, this is the thing. She Rusty. The person on the door probably didn't recognise him. She may not have been She or that he old. may have been 18. Yeah, yeah, she, you know. But I think the fact that they supported that staff member and they said, you know what, he didn't cut it and neither did the person he was with. And that's how it goes. We've created an environment. We've, we've created mm. a restaurant that has actually survived through a lot of, you know, through mm. the pandemic. Mm. A lot of the places on Chapel Street are shut now yep. and this one has survived. And 
they stuck to their standards and I, I really liked that. And then I Except got they really <laughs> deflated when they did a turnaround. And now I think what happened is they saw that they were making headlines around the world and they thought, oh, how can we get another bite of this cherry? Do you reckon? Yes, mm. definitely. The, the, and the joke posted, that they posted said smart, casual, unless you're your, Russell Crowe, then wear whatever. Which is just a complete turnaround. They went from saying, you know, we treat everyone equally to saying, no, everyone else has to dress to our standards. But Russell Crowe, because he's a celebrity, he doesn't. And I just thought, you got it wrong, guys. No, I, I agree with you, Alicia. On yeah. That one. I think mm. they, it was a great sort of, um, they really put their line in the sand and said, yeah. no, if you don't have the right gear on, you're not yeah. in. And no matter who you are, no yeah. matter what movie you've been in. Yeah. My husband turns up to restaurants in, like, not even Ralph Lauren polos, just like, normal polos without yeah. even a brand on it and gets yeah. in. Well, well, maybe they know who he is. polo dressy enough? Because I feel like it kind Definitely. of is. I That's why I'm surprised. I don't know. It was black. I feel like it maybe looked a bit grubby <laughs> and, you know. No, but who but knows? What he might have been in like a sweat and like, you know, he's just been come from the tennis court. Imagine if he's like oh, clean yourself drenching up. in sweat. Like clean yourself up, yeah. mate. <laughs> We're going to be sitting at the dinner table. Well, you know who did get in? Ed Sheeran. We yeah. love Ed Sheeran. Well, they let him in. Because, they recognised him. Because the door lady would have known who he was. <laughs> um, well, he's big on social media, Ed Sheeran too, and there's a new trend on social media. Yes. Um, mostly on TikTok called de-influencing. Uh, you like this, don't well, you? Well, I like it. It's, so it's where you are told not to buy, mm. where you're told what you should not buy instead of what you should. I saw the other day someone spruiking this life-changing, like, face-contouring beauty product, and when I clicked on it, it was basically just a glorified ice cube that you <laughs> rub on that. your face I've in the morning that. and to someone was yourself. de-influencing yeah. it. And I thought, good on you because just mm. go to the ice tray, pop it out and rub it on your face. You don't have to pay I think $50. A little holder though, so you didn't get. Well, you hold it with your hand. It's an ice cube. Like <laughs> the other thing is the mini fridge for the beauty I products. Seen that? What's that for? Oh, a little mini fridge. So it's a mini fridge, and you keep it, you know, in your vanity or in your bathroom. I don't have space in my and you vanity keep for your, my normal makeup. So I don't know who does. Just put it in your normal <laughs> fridge. Everyone has a fridge. So that was also something that it's I like saw. like a beer fridge, you know, but for beauty products. Yes. You don't yeah. And it's like $200 for this tiny mm. little, you put your little serums and stuff in there. Just put them in, in, mm. your, in the butter bit. Well, I read this in The Guardian that um, one of the social media analysts there said de-influencing is still influencing because basically it's the same thing. Creators are using their influence mm. to sway the purchasing decisions of the public. Um, and then what their argument was is there's an economic downturn, so let's now get money by looking at these cheaper versions or some other version, right, because now consumers are going to be tightening their belts and perhaps less mm. likely to be influenced. So let's influence them into not buying this thing but maybe buying this thing mm. that's cheaper. Yeah. So it's almost like they are. They're, they're just actually out. influencing yeah. us in a but different way. But how will it work for the brands that they're asking them to swap them out for? Because like they're a cheaper wonder. brand. Yeah. So they'll often, where this de-influence this thing started mm. was actually looking at almost like high-end, low-end, what can you get? Yeah. Um, for the same price as something else. So it's it's literally them being these influencers who people, I mean, look, I do a bit of it, it people, are, they're not as stupid, some of them, as what we think. Mm. I think they're amazing at being able to sell product. And I did look up, influencers reportedly sold $3.6 billion worth of goods in 2022. The Dyson Airwrap, that's 700 bucks, was among the top items that they were able mm. to sell. Isn't that interesting? Have you got one? 
Yes, I do. And I can use it. It's good. But I wasn't actually influenced by an influencer. I was influenced by my girlfriend who, when we went overseas, had it with her. Well, that's a a, a traditional old school. I tried it. It was like a friend. And I paid for it. Yeah. So, and actually, except it does actually take ages to get your head around it. And it is incredibly expensive for what it is. Would I, I've got one, I use it occasionally. Do I actually need one in my life? Probably not. Okay. But it's good. Good de-influencing there, Jack. Thank you. You know. I've got a really interesting that's not on. You've got to be joking. This is not on. It's not on. Which um, I'm trying to look at with a broad mind. It's the furries trend. Yes. So a costume shop in Melbourne, oh. southeast, has seen a spike in animal-related accessories <laughs> since so many, and they're, they're reporting so many students, mm. are now identifying as furries, not male or female. What is going on? And <laughs> these kids are surely taking... What a surprise that you're like, you're not okay with this. It I just – it's okay. too far. So my friend works with an adult furry at a major Melbourne company and they've actually had training on how to manage this person who in the break dresses as a wolf and they've been told that they must be supportive of this person in the breaks oh. when they like to curl up and have a rest in the corner of the room and they wear a tail. And not laugh, getting laughed in his face. No. Because I, I would. But this is an actual thing now. Hold myself back. <laughs> I just think the world has Are gone we just mad. Getting old? Please don't take those words out of the Roald Dahl books because this is what's going to happen <laughs> to these kids. Oh, well, I think they're just nurturing that person or trying to. Yeah, that's right. Maybe that was Henry the Seal. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yes. someone was dressing up as Henry. Yeah. It was a furry all along. But it's a definite that's not on for you. Definitely not. When I read it, I thought, wow, <laughs> next level. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, so just a little bit of news from us to finish up to. We've done 10 really wonderful episodes of It's Been a Week, but this one will be our last for a while. It's grown really quickly and it's actually been really more successful than what we thought. We were very surprised at how quickly it grew and how much Much work our time and how much work we did have to dedicate to it each and every week. And it's funny because... We have spoken a lot on the yes. pod about, you know, inspirational women who Work are making balance. various decisions to focus on what matters yes. to them and other sort of commitments that they've got, different chapters of their lives, and it just turns out that that's us. And I think with you as well, you've got a really successful business to run. Um, yes. And I'm also about to start footy season, so for me that takes up a significant amount of my time and to get us to kind of come together in the one place is, is quite difficult at the moment. I think, you know, I'd like to do something in the pod space but maybe less of a it's been a week basis. Maybe yeah, it's a lot. Yes, maybe it's been a lot. on a more ad hoc basis, I think. <laughs> but, we, um, but we've had the best time. We've had a fun time and we have to thank all of our listeners for coming on this little short but sweet journey with us. They they have really interacted. <laughs> they have. They have. Um, and they've made us laugh a lot, which is the most important part in life, having fun. Alicia, it's been a week. Oh, it really has. <laughs> Alicia, did you know about this wonderful brand, Unlabeled? No, tell me all about it. Well, it's a brand that's very close to the hearts of everyone at Chemist Warehouse with 100% of all of the profits going back to support some amazing charities. I'll talk about those in just a sec, but I think when we go to choose any item, whatever whatever we purchase, Mm. we should have a think about where that item comes from and what is it doing for us? Is it doing something good for the planet? Yeah. Is it doing something charitable for someone else? Because when we go to spend our money, it's important to make conscious choices, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think this mm. brand, they use the bottles are made in Australia. Yes. 
The ingredients are all vegan and cruelty-free, which I think is another thing mm. when it comes to beauty products that we Tip. should be thinking about when we make a purchase. And I love one of their slogans. It's like the only box you should be in is the one that this product oh, comes in. Um, super cute. And they've got really cute names. This one's BU, so it's super cute. And the hand wash is beautiful. This is a vanilla bean, coconut and grapefruit. I mentioned before about the charities that they support. They focus on four key charities mm-hmm. and 100% of the profits so go amazing. to these charities it's Headspace, Kids Helpline, Q Life. They're an LGBTIQA plus organisation supporting people from those communities that really need our help. And also the Black Dog Institute, which is really critical in helping people with mental health issues. Yeah, amazing. This one is orange, mandarin, and collagen. And it smells really like the colour. Absolutely too- amazing. Another one of the names I love, In and Happy. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't love to be in and happy? Oh, as I said, I think it's really important when we choose to purchase a product, we look at where it's come from and it's almost like your money here is doing double duty, isn't yeah, it? You're not, just, you're not just buying something that's really lovely, but you're also supporting a variety of charities that really need our help. And preventing teen suicide. How amazing. Yeah, what a beautiful way to end. 